Hello everyone, welcome to the Ask Holics podcast on a Monday night following a Sunday where we went to Goodison Park and we won and we're going to talk about it. And I say we, it's me, Raj, and it's Aaron and today you've got, you know, a classic Aaron and Raj sofa chilled out conversation. Um, how's it going, Aaron? You good? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. Happy, happy Monday. Another happy Monday reflecting on another win uh, is a start to the season, which um, I can't remember how many points we got from this many games last season, because I recall we lost to United right at Old Trafford during this kind of this this period. Um, yeah. But it's a uh, but it's a nice start, isn't it? Like we just we 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 seem to not be playing incredibly fluent football, but getting results. Um, yep. How do you feel? What is your what is your feeling this Monday after that win? Yeah, it's good. Um, on that point, I I haven't fact checked this, but someone told me if we beat Spurs on Sunday, we would have had a better start than we did last year, Ooh. which is interesting because I guess that's five five wins in a draw. Um, yeah. And yeah, maybe you're right that United defeat was early on in the season so um yeah it's gonna be it's, it's going okay look i think when i look at the game the overall performance we're still not playing great right i don't no. i think you can say that especially going forward it hasn't really clicked for various reasons but we're still getting the points and you know everton they've all They've been really bad for the last three or four years, but we always, always seem to struggle to win there. I, mean, I don't no, think we've probably, won there probably since... our, bog- our bogey yeah. ground, right? It's Was it 2018 or something stupid like that? Um, so I've, I've, I, I saw this so so because I, I listened to the Gary Neville podcast this morning on the way in uh, yeah. on the way into work, and they they mentioned it then. I think Peter Drury said actually this was broader. Peter Drury says that we have we've not won in our last ten trips to Merseyside as in Liverpool including Liverpool and I think it's something very specific I think with Everton I think we won like two out of the last eight or something ridiculous like this mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, yeah that makes sense I mean uh, I remember so many we were talking about this before the game but so many instances where I just feel like Everton are losing like they lose seven games in a row they'll beat us and then they'll lose the next seven games in a row yeah um, and we're probably the reason they're still in the Premier League, to be honest. That's <laughs> a good point. They, <laughs> they should, should rely they should on three really points versus us. Arsenal posters yeah. in their bedrooms, you're right. Exactly. So, no, I'm really glad we we won and we got the three points because even the even yesterday, I thought Everton were rubbish. Um, and the only reason it wasn't a more comfortable win was because of our, let's say, sloppiness, our kind of how we were just not really clinical in terms of creating chances yesterday. The attack is still a bit all over the place, but look, I'm, I'm complaining, but no, we won. Right. And that's the main thing. Um, I would much rather be annoyed about the performances and happy about the win than have us yeah, playing really, really well. And then them going down the other end and scoring and winning the game or something stupid like that. So, no, fair play to the team, fair play to the manager. We'll talk about the team selection. We'll talk about the system. We'll talk about all of that, I'm sure. But the main thing is it's another three points, four wins now. And that for a team that's not really got going, I think that's pretty impressive. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And just very quickly, um, you know, hey, Russ, hey, Charles in the comments. Um, hope you guys are having a, a nice evening and, and also happy after a win. Yeah, look, I mean, you're right. It's just, well, we'll get on to the team selection. And one of the big points there was on, on goalkeepers. But I think as a sort of general point you made with Everton, do you, is this, do you feel that this is the worst Everton side that we've played in a while, despite even the times in the past recently where they've been a bit crap? Because I agree, like my general feeling from that game is, I mean, they they, they offered nothing really. It was, it, I, I don't even know what they were trying to do. You know, usually it feels like you play against uh, a, t- a Sean Dyche team or, you know, a team like Everton who are quite physical and they just try and make it a very physical game. They go for the set pieces. They go for like, you know, long diagonals, whatever. I didn't really get any of that. It was really weird. It was really weird. And, you know, they've lost their superstar, Alex Iwobi. So, yep, they, that's it. So, then, isn't it? it's all downhill from here, right? So, uh, <laughs> look, I don't get it, man. I think they're, I just, you know, I, I remember thinking when they bought Calvert Lewin off the bench. And, you know, a few years ago, Calvert Lewin was, was he playing for getting an England call up and stuff like that? Oh and- yeah, and do you remember there was the whole like it was like the time where Ancelotti was manager and Ancelotti made some comparison to Inzaghi, and he basically <laughs> said yeah because he made this very specific thing where he was like, oh you know I it it was words the effect of when I coached Inzaghi I coached Inzaghi and and made him understand that he didn't need to touch the ball very much in the game score a goal or something like this and he made some link to Calvert Lewin. And then everyone started going, oh my God, like Calvert-Lewin being compared to Inzaghi and all this kind of stuff. And you remember then it was like, he's getting linked with these massive moves. Like everyone was like, oh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin should go to Arsenal. And like, if Arsenal are clever, they go buy him. Like even loads of Arsenal fan base. Like, hey, well, I mean, he's he's just a crap Peter Crouch really, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't get it. I don't, I look at that Everton team and I just think, who is, if you're an Everton fan, and I've, I've said this before in that, I think I have genuine sympathy for Everton fans because I I've got this thing now where whenever I play fantasy football I just refuse to put Everton players in and I made an exception this this season because I thought this is the year I brought Pickford in and he's been rubbish um <laughs> yeah. and I just keep like keep giving them chance after chance with Everton to be like this is it this is they're going to come good and they just keep letting me down and if that's in fantasy football, if that's whenever I watch them, imagine how an Everton fan feels. They yeah. must be like who? Who do they? Who do you think they get excited about seeing when they're like, if you're an Everton, young Everton fan, ten years old, eleven years old, and you're going to Goodison Park, who are you looking forward to seeing play? Like, Jerry, no idea. I mean, they probably think like they got they signed Dan Juma, right? They probably thought, oh, yeah. do you know what? He's probably got some pedigree. And is it Beto? Who's that? That one of my players? And you know, he's got a you know, like a Brazilian sounding name. It's kind of like Bebeto, but just <laughs> yeah. smaller. So I guess that's it. And like that's you say, it. I mean, they lost the ex- one of the most exciting players in world football, Alex Wobie. And so what are you going to do after that? Because they've yeah, got Ashley it's... Young. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, that's their big summer signing. Um, and no, look, I think it, it should have been a much more comfortable win. And I think, look, if you're going to find negatives from a positive, what, I think a better team probably goes and wins four or five nil, but who cares? <laughs> who cares? We is it because we're being, are we being more stoic? Do you think, do you think this is a, it's not even really a case where we're not playing well in inverted commas? Like, because 
because I, I was really, I know it's Everton and they offered nothing as we've just discussed, but I felt that we were incredibly well organized and I felt there was never like a moment we were getting exposed. Like Saliba was imperious and, 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 I, and maybe, you know, with Declan Rice, he gives you some extra kind of great off the ball smartness. Um, do you think it's just there for the Arsenal that we needed to get used to and we're just going to be less, um, you know, exciting in that way, but we're going to therefore just get more of these grinded out, solid, impressive, professional tempered wins? Uh, no, I don't think, I don't think that was the plan. I think, I think there was a plan to go and win this game comfortably, but mm. the players just constantly made the wrong decisions and didn't really play well enough to create enough chances. Um, you know, I think on another day, like I think hopefully we play them again in four or five games time or not, but if we have a similar team in a similar situation, some of these combinations will click a bit more. Um, yeah. There was just a lot of, a lot of wrong decisions and you know i think eddie struggled it was obviously injury to martinelli which kind of disrupted things trossard came on who's a very different type of player um so we could never really settle and i don't think we have looked settled going forward right you've got the habit situation where he started a few and then now he's out the team Vieira's come in look good and now playing pretty well uh so yeah, I think it's and there's a the striker situation where we've kind of gone with Eddie in most of our games, and look, I still think we're a work in progress up front. I think, but but isn't all this everything that you've just said right? Isn't don't we just have to accept that's going to be this season? Like we like you've just mentioned a bunch of people being in and outside, but injuries aside, we're probably going to make rotations of that nature anyway. So isn't that if, if yeah, you think it's lack of fluency, isn't that always going to be the case? I I think so, but as you kind of build those kind of combinations i think hopefully the team will get more familiar with each other going forward mm. i think look last season was crazy we just we started incredibly well like, and i think we've got this mental benchmark in our head of how we just when preseason was crazy good we just went forward we you know started beating everyone really comfortably playing really well most mostly and you know, Jesus was playing well, Zinchenko was playing well, everyone just looked incredible. Um, and this season it's been a bit more slow. And you know what? I don't mind this. What I'm really hoping is that we're doing what Man City usually do, which is start slow and end big. Because for the last two seasons, we've started big and ended and just run out of energy, run out of gas, run out of players, run out of injuries, like run out of legs. Mm. And if this means actually we can rotate a bit more, we'll be ready for when April, May, March, not in that order, but March, April, May, we will have a team of like 15, 16 players who have minutes in them because they've played in the league, they've played in the Champions League, they've played in the League Cup. Um, and that will hopefully mean we have a squad ready to take on the running as opposed to one injury and then everyone freaks out, which is what's happened the last two seasons. Yeah, agreed. And you know, talking about rotation, let's talk about a big talking point of the game. The talking point was before the game kicked off, really, because David Rea got his first Arsenal start. And I think we'd all been talking about when this would happen. 
um, i.e. when he would just get his first start, even if it is as simple as, you know, he's going to be a cup keeper and, you know, would he actually play in the Champions League? Even Ramsdale's probably been really excited to have been qualifying for the Champions League. Is it fair to take him out of a Champions League spot? There's lots of like hypothesizing as to when, yeah, this may happen. Um, I don't think anyone thought it was going to happen away at Everton. Um, in in hindsight, you could probably think of some reasons why it did happen. But first and foremost, you know, the, the theories that are flying around at the moment, therefore, are pretty are pretty big. If you take some of the Arsenal accounts, for example, you know, Le Grove has been, you know, one of the bigger Arsenal council, accounts who I think have, have said from the start that they sort of believe that us signing Raya was a very, very clear, we don't really have that much faith in Ramsdale anymore and it's just going to be an eventuality before Raya takes the uh, takes the number one spot. There are other theories out there that sort of seem to back more of the sounds that Arteta's coming out with, which Arteta keeps coming out with. We need competition in every position. Goalkeeper is no different. I want two really good goalkeepers. I signed Rare because Matt Turner wanted to leave. You know, he's he's put he's playing that down. What do you think? So Rare started, but and what do you think this means? Because connecting this to Charles's question, Charles says, question for the pod. Goalkeeper rotation will be now a thing, question mark. In season, in game, is it really feasible considering when defense defensive stability has been the cornerstone of title charges and defenses from time? So do you want to take it all away from with your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I look, I've always said I you know, we go back to some of the discussions we had earlier on this season where I kind of felt if we went into this season with Ramsdale and Turner. That was such a big gamble on Ramsdale basically staying fit for the whole season because um, the drop-off was so significant. I don't think Matt Turner would be able to carry us through Champions League league games in for a long period. Um, and I think, look, the circumstances then kind of transpired a bit differently. Where I don't think we deliberately went out to go and fix that problem, but Turner wanted to leave a really good goalkeeper became on the market for a sensible amount of money and we pushed the boat out and we did it. And now we've removed that risk to say, you know, we if our number one gets injured, we've got a number two who is pretty much just as good. And as a consequence, we're now having this debate to say that like, who is our number one. And I think what Arteta's hinting at is this, this concept of a number one probably won't exist anymore. And... Yeah, Charles kind of says, like, okay, when defensive stability has been the cornerstone of title challenges, I don't think any club has had two top-quality goalkeepers like this in the Premier League before, um, of this level, where you basically have, goal, like, two of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, in my opinion, now play for us. Um, yeah. And we can't just go back to this number one, number two model. It doesn't work, right? So... Look, we've all said it. Raya needs to play, right? Raya needs to play plenty of games. Ramsdale needs to play plenty of games. And it's on Arteta to just make it work. Now, how is he going to pick those games? I don't know. I always thought Ramsdale will start as number one and kind of get preference in those big games. And I think actually with the Champions League coming up, we're we're entering this period of the schedule now where we're playing two games a week, right? 
like playing Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Thursday, whatever it is, um, when we play the Europa League, sorry, the League Cup. And um, we we just need to rotate. And I think we're just going to rotate both of them until December, when the, until the kind of when fixture congestion maybe eases a bit. And let, let's see what happens. I don't... I genuinely, I think Ramsdale will play on on Wednesday um, and then he might play again in the League Cup and I think Ryan might get Spurs. Um, but yeah, he might then, you know, Arteta's a, you know, a genius sometimes where I think he might be looking at each individual goalkeeper, look at the qualities they bring and say, actually, you know what? Raya's strong points uh like he comes out for crosses he looks good his distribution's good um but actually in a game where i think i'm going to be under the cost a bit more and the opposition might get more shots on those one-on-ones i prefer ramsdale for example i don't know um but it's it's a really good problem to have man i think it's it's just one of those where you know you know what the perfect example is is when when Partey got injured right uh when Partey got injured last season and the season before, we were devastated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We were like, this is crisis, season over, what do we do? When Partey got injured last week, like we were just like, oh, that's yeah. annoying. We, because we have a bloody, an even better top class, yeah. like number six in Declan Rice. And we thought, actually, this makes, makes it even better because we can see Declan Rice on his own and that's great. Okay? If you find out next week that Ramsdale was injured. I reckon there's a few fans that might even be a bit excited by that because they're going to be like, Oh, I get to see Raya for three weeks or whatever. Um, and, and that's the level of squad. That's what you need to basically take on Man City. You need this super squad of like excellent quality players because that's, we're up against unlimited money. And, we need to go higher. We need the benchmark. The bench, like the bar needs to be raised. The benchmark needs to be higher. And um, I think we just need to get used to it. I don't know. I don't know who's going to start on Wednesday. Who Who do you think? I thought, I think what you said at the beginning is actually what I think. So I think Ramsdale will start against uh, PSV. And I think that Rhea will take the gloves against Spurs. Because I think that as much as, Ram, like Ramsdale's been voted PFA goalkeeper of the year. He's kind of one of the Yeshin, Yeshin or Yeshin award nominees. Um, he's obviously a very good goalkeeper. Whatever we can pick little holes, but he's obviously objectively based on what I've just said, a very good goalkeeper. But I think that if you could criticize him, you'd have to look at our home record and the fact that we always concede. And although that they're not always his fault, and I, I mean, I can't even think of any, of any one which was purely his fault. I can think of a lot of goals where I've thought, could he have done a little bit better? Did he need to be there? Like, could he have gone earlier? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's very there's a few things, and I wonder whether there's a question mark around his kind of emotional state sometimes, and um, and like, for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to have that issue away from home, but maybe there's something at home or that the, the guys, the coach stuff are a little bit uncomfortable about. I don't know. And, um, and so I think maybe they will go with Raya. Maybe they think that Raya has a different type of temperament. 
Maybe, but I think he'll start Ramsdale against PSV because I think that part of that is a little bit of rewarding a goalkeeper who was our mainstay last season in qualifying for the Champions League. I think it feels a little bit harsh if you qualify for the Champions League and then basically dump him, given mm. you know how, how good you know overall the season he had last season. So I I, I think that, but I, I I do actually think Rare could start um, against. Who Spurs. do you think will start against Spurs? Yeah, I think Ray. Oh, Ray against Spurs. Yeah, oh, sorry, Ray against, against Spurs. Against sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but because so, but you know a couple of things you say are quite interesting because I've heard a lot of other people sort of talk about the strengths of Raya versus Ramsdale, and I, I have to admit, like I don't, I, I don't watch Raya enough to have my own objective view. So these are all just things that I'm picking up from other from reading stuff. But one of the points has been apparently that Raya is better at. Um, you know, collecting crosses. Apparently, he's better aerially. I, it's a that surprised me a little bit because um, I'm suddenly getting a massive echo on my headphones. One second, okay, um, still getting echo. Anyway, I'll carry on talking. Um, yeah, I it really does real. surprise me the idea that um, Raya is better in the air because one, he's smaller than Ramsdale. And two, like I genuinely have not heard any, or I can't remember any instance last season where I thought Ramsdale dropped a clanger or was an, was an issue dealing with an aerial ball. So I don't know, that bit surprised me. I mean, is there anything in particular that you think, because distribution's the other one. A lot of people seem to be saying that Ray's distribution is just elite. You see all these highlight reels, looks, it looks great. But I've always thought Ramsdale's distribution is is pretty good. He pulls off some worldy passes. Is there anything that you think specifically that Rhea brings that Ramsdale doesn't? I think, I think Ramsdale, in terms of on the ball, I kind of think he's gotten a bit less confident at it going going forward. I think when he first came in and he was brought in, he he was really good. But I think there's been a few issues, and I think a few mishaps as you do when you play that kind of football. And I have noticed him going long a bit more, especially in our home games this season where we can, you know, we sit right behind that goal and we can watch him. I don't think he's taking as many risks with his passing as he used to, because there have been, you know, a few high profile errors. And I think Raya potentially might just have a bit more confidence at playing that way. Um, but this is completely, you know, I think we're being a really harsh on Ramsdale because I think he's been really, really good. You know, I watched him against England, I mean, for England, and he just looked, you know, he looked so confident, should have had a clean sheet. Um, but I I can't pick between them. And I, maybe I don't know enough about goalkeepers, but you look statistically, people who know a lot about this stuff seem to think that Ramsdale statistically just is nowhere near good enough. Um, mm. but I see, you know, when I go to the games, I watch Ramsdale, I don't see it. I don't see a statistically weak goalkeeper. I see a goalkeeper who has made some tremendously huge saves for us. And I don't know, like, we don't know. It's so harsh because Rams Raya was good, right? But he was up against Dwight McNeil. So how can you judge? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, he didn't have anything to do, did he? No, he, he had really nothing to do. It. So all he could do was be like, you know what? I can work on my, this is a training ground, ground game for him to just work on his passing and work on coming for crosses. Um, 
So let's see. I'm really interested to see how that battle develops. And Arteta's got a, a job on his hands because when you do go to that level of squad depth, you now have a responsibility to keep two goalkeepers uh, happy, motivated, at a top level, performing well. And that's now on the manager. He got, he takes that risk, goes and gets a t- second top goalkeeper in. He's now got to take the responsibility for making sure both of them perform at a high level. Um what did you make? I'm sure you saw Arteta's press conference where he kind of hinted that at some point he might want to do a goalkeeper substitution in game. I think that it didn't take me by well. I thought it was very bold of him to say it, but at the same time, I feel like okay, cool. So whilst we wait for Raj to come back. Uh, polite reminder to please like subscribe tell your friends um and drop us uh any questions and anything you want us to discuss um this is the two minutes you have to to get your questions in no matter how stupid they are before raj comes back but look i just want to i just want to jump in on that on that goalkeeper situation so i do think um that Raj will tell us now that he's back what he thinks about as the goalkeeper substitutions. But I was just I just saying, wanted Raj, to keep you on your toes. That's all I was <laughs> yeah. I was just saying that I think he's going to do it at some point. Arteta will absolutely do a goalkeeper substitution. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's going to do it this season. There's going to be some. Game yeah, yeah, because he said it. He will because he said it. Yeah. I think he'll do it because he said it. I think he might do it in a League Cup game to like start off with just to like test it out um but then after that i think it's good because you've got five subs as well now so you know it's not like in the area in the era of three subs you yeah one sub is like it means you probably can't bring on another striker if you go a goal down or something like that but it's going to be an interesting i just can't like i don't maybe i don't understand football enough to understand a scenario where you go, that's the substitution I want to make, like all, all in all, like because I understand that you know I think his point is that you know goalkeepers can have different qualities in the same way that two strikers can have different qualities, and I, I get that. But in a um, in a game, because I think what he was sort of implying, or maybe he wasn't implying that I took what he said to mean it from an attacking sense. So I took it to mean that. I would make a goalkeeping change because I would want that change to make me better offensively because I've noticed something in the game, which means that, you know, the distribution of, you know, one of these keepers is better. And that's going on. I perhaps didn't analyze what he said from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. Think I think he meant defensive. Perhaps. Because, so maybe that's, maybe that's different. Because what he said was, it was a bit weird the way he worded it, but he said, look, there were two games where, I wanted to make a goalkeeper sub, but he basically said he bottled it. But then he instead brought on a defender for a striker, and then we ended up drawing the game. Um, so if that's if what he said is true, if what he yeah. said is true, I can't imagine it of being at any point last season. This I can I either thinking. imagine it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's got to have either have been this season or when he had Leno and Martinez. I think it must have been because there's no way he's thinking. Okay, we're one nil up. What this game needs is is Matt Turner. 
Exactly. Exactly. Unless we completely, yeah. Unless we completely like have underrated Matt Turner, but maybe like I think he's, and I think he's kind of alluding to that. Like, okay, they bring on a striker. They're throwing in crosses into the box. Um, The one game I kind of felt like it might have been would have been like Anfield away last season, where. yeah, where um, I think he, you know, you might be saying that crosses were coming in. Maybe we, if we had a better goalkeeper, we could have done it. But I don't, I don't think Matt Turner is is that guy. Um, so yeah, he must be referring to either like a couple of games where you know that that first half was it the first half of last season where we started Leno and Ramsdale. Or I'm making that up. He, when did Martinez go? No, no, it was it wasn't. Was it? Jeez, I'm forget. I'm fi- I Martinez left was it a couple of years ago now. So Turner was signed. Turner was last season, right? Yeah. Okay. So if Turner if Turner was signed at the beginning of last season, then it was definitely Leno. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Um, um But yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting time, but I think I'm with you. I think Ramsdale on Wednesday and Raya on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the only thing that gives me a little bit of um, doubt about whether he would do exactly that combination is Raya, as we discussed, didn't really get that much to do against you know Everton so would you then kind of not give him Wednesday and then play him in the North London derby where he's probably going to have a lot more to do um I don't know but um you know very quickly before we move on from this there's a quick point here from Charles he says can we get to discuss um many pods now discussing soccer protection and what's our point of view flair players need protection figuring out double timing is Saka and MA um problem i i um i get what you mean charles so like well look firstly there was an awful tackle on saka um i say awful tackle it's like it wasn't a red card offense but it was a pretty bad tackle on saka from um one of the everton players which you know wasn't even given as a foul which i think was kind of um just just it just doesn't help feed into the subtext it doesn't get very good protection um yeah, flair players do need protection if it's deserved, I guess. And I think that he does the stats would really, really... The stats are really compelling on this one, aren't they, Aaron? Because they basically just say that effectively Saka concedes more fouls than he gets. Like He, he like fundamentally concedes more fouls than he gets, which is just, just makes no sense given the amount that he's kicked in games. Um, do you think that... Do you, do you, do you think that there's, there's something that is going against Saka for whatever reason? I do think that Saka is, I think now that Saka is now basically one of the best wide players in the league. And, you know, when you're up against one of the best wide players in the league, you probably double up on it. And you saw there were moments on Sunday where I think Everton, you know, quadrupled up on him. (laughs) There were like three or four defenders all the way around Saka almost Mm. the entire game. And he's going to, He's gonna get. He's gonna struggle this season because they're just. It's so hard to stop him. The only way to stop him is to, um, 
ensure you surround him, make sure he can't pass it out, make sure he can't cut in and kind of just hope that he plays it to Ben White and then you kind of just hope Ben White doesn't do anything crazy. Um, and I think he's going to learn how to deal with that. Saka's so smart. He's He'll adapt his game. He will bring others into play. The thing people, I don't think people realize about Saka is actually how strong he is. Um, mm. For a little... I don't know how tall he is, but for someone relatively small, he can take. But he's, I think he just. I think he's weirdly not that small, or, although he looks. How tall is he? Like, so he's, I'm just going to Google this. He's like, I, less, think must be he less, a, I think he's less than six foot. I don't know. Do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he's six foot. Um, Bukayo Saka height, height in feet. I reckon five eleven. Ah, that's a good show. He's five. He says five ten. So he's five, smaller ten. than I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's small. That's, um, that's a, that's a, a lot smaller life. than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, but no, he's strong. Like he holds up defenders. He's the way he runs. The way he he's smart with his running. Where he he always knows how to what's the word like get across the defender and take them out of the game. Where actually all they can do is foul him, and they don't want to foul him because if they foul him, the defender's probably going to get a a booking at at best. Um, and he's just so effective. I think he hasn't really, you know, hit his stride yet. I think, you know, in the box, he's struggled. Uh, his spinal ball sometimes has been lacking, but no, I think, yeah, I do hope that referees see it for what it is because there's going to be a game and, you know, almost every game there is a, a really bad foul on Saka now. And actually, you know, refs just need to be like, look, you can't just keep treating him like this. Otherwise he's going to be done by the time he's 25, 26 and no one yeah. England won't win anything if he's not on form. Agreed. Agreed. So there are a couple of other talking points from the game, but I think we can sort of bake that into our previews of, um, of the next couple of games now, uh, because, you know, we had that, Fabio Vieira, who started over Havertz, um, and that was a really interesting choice. And that left-hand side with him as a part of it looked looked pretty good. Um, now, looking at looking at the PSV game in midweek, this is the return to the Champions League, and it's like something that we've just been craving, craving, craving to hear that beautiful music on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night at the Emirates, and it's back again. And I personally cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be awesome, but I genuinely have got no idea of what I think the team's going to be. This is, you know, we're going now. We're, we're very much in three game a week territory. Um, three, I say three game a week. You know what I mean? Three games within an eight day period or whatever territory. And we've come. You know, one of them was away at Goodson Park, a place that you know is tough for Arsenal. It's a physical. It's a physical place it's a physical game we've done that and now we've got our very emotional return to the champions league midweek and then we've got the north london derby which is just like you know arguably arsenal's biggest home game of the season every season so what what's what's your thinking going into this uh this game because we're, we're also playing psv who aren't the you know definitely aren't the worst side in our group and you know i just not that i i'm a keen editor visi um you know connoisseur but the league table is pretty compelling for psv they've uh four games this season they've played they've won four so they're top of the league 
and they have conceded just the one goal. So played four, won four, scored 13, conceded one. So they're doing pretty well. Um, Great. So, (laughs) yeah, exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. What is, uh, what's your feeling? How how do you feel going into this game? Look, I think I'm really looking forward to the game because I think just for, this is one for like the fans, I think, where it's not like for the players, none of them played for Arsenal eight, eight years, was it eight years ago now? Um, and they don't, yeah, it's been, it's been eight years, but it hasn't been eight years for the players, if you know what I mean, right? Where a lot of them have joined the last two, three years where they've been sold this dream of, okay, I want to play in the Champions League. And maybe for some of the academy kids, they'll know it and feel it a bit more because they would have been at least with the club, right? But um, I think for us fans, it will feel really, really special because we we kind of just feel like we're back where we belong again. Um, And we've wanted to be kind of up and amongst the big team was wanted to be in with the chance of winning the big prize. We wanted to have those dreams of going all the way to Wembley this year. And I think we as fans will be really, really up for it on Wednesday. Um, And I think the manager will be too. It's his first ever champions league game, right? Where he's managed. And Jeez, yeah. um, so he's going to be up for it. He's going to have to like, he's going to be well excited to do that. And for a lot of players, they'll be making their Champions League debuts. And, but then after kickoff, I think, well, we will kind of realize we're playing in a level of opposition, which is good in the Champions League. You know, there's no bad. It's not like a Europa League where you can kind of have a day off. You need to be on your game. You can't mess about. But it's still a team that you think we will be favorites to win. Um, I think, you know, knowing what you've said now about the start they've made, we might not, we might be a bit more conservative in that sense and be maybe a bit more cautious, maybe a bit more nervous. But I think with the crowd, the atmosphere, I'm really glad we're at home first. It just means that we can kind of just show that we are a team that is here, not just to take part, not just for sentimental reasons, but we're a team that actually, you know, if we play our cards right, could go really, really far in this tournament. Yeah, completely agree. What do you think it's going to be for selection though? Because I'm starting to worry about overplaying one or two of these players, but specifically one, which is William Saliba. I, I think, you know, against Everton, again, there were just moments where I just thought, geez, this guy is just, he's hes just getting to this level now where he just looks like Van Dyke-esque and he's so young and he's so just elite and he's going to be so important for us. But it's just a bit scary that he's, you know, aside from Ben White, he's our only really recognised right-sided centre-back and Ben White plays at right-back. Now, do you think that there's a chance that our Japanese defender, Takahiro Tomiyasu, is going to get a chance to play at centre-back? Because he does play at centre-back for Japan. Yeah. And he's, you know, we've discussed this on the pod various times. He's a fantastic defender. Like, defensively. He plays, he plays right centre-back for Japan, I think. Perfect. Um, Do you know what is, I mean? But yeah. I don't think he's ever played right centre-back for Arsenal, has he? 
I don't think so. No, no. I think, you know, I don't think he's ever played um, right centre back for us. But, you know, it, fe- it feels like we surely, surely cannot play Saliba every single game. And it doesn't feel like he wants to or he sees Gabriel as someone who can play a centre back when we when we play that kind of sort of back three type thing. So, I mean, I I don't know. Like I I think I'm a bit nervous at the idea of Saliba starting and then starting on the North London derby as well. I feel like that's a lot. It's a lot. I don't for know, him, man. So. It's still so early in the season. Like it's game. I know isn't that scarier? What if he gets injured? It is, uh, it's like you would expect. I don't think he's going to be fatigued, right? I don't think he's... I know he played... I don't know how much he played. I know he's definitely started at least one game for France. Um, but I think, look, I think at this level, you expect your players to be able to play twice a week. And we've just got this... We've been so lucky over the last four or five years where we've had the Europa League where players have basically gotten away with for the first half of the season only really playing league games. And then we kind of half rotated in those Europa League games where we played half the first team and half kind of the squad. But I think I think we will use the squad. I think we'll rotate. But we will, at this stage of the season, I think you expect to play your best team. And I think in this game, we probably will play our best team because they'll all be well up for it. Um, but I don't... I think a player like Tommy Asu, who's playing well, had a really good game against Germany for Japan. Um, you know, has kind of looked okay in his brief cameo appearances. He might get a game. You know, the beauty of Tommy Asu is he can play pretty much anywhere, right? So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tommy Asu starts, maybe even at like... I don't know where would you play. Maybe at left back if we're worried about just defensive security and we want to keep it tight. But then Zinchenko offers us so much going forward that mm. I I can't see that happening. I, I honestly think we'll play our strongest back four. I mean, we've had the goalkeeper discussion. That's let's see how that that goes. Um, I think Rice will play. I think um, I, I think Od- Odegaard, Saka. Martinelli's probably injured now. I think he might miss the game. So that opens up a, a spot potentially for for Trossard, I think. Does it, does it open up for this guy who Russ is talking about in the comments? Does Emil Smith-Rowe get a game anytime soon? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, forget he exists these days. I think Emil Smith-Rowe, if he doesn't start in the League Cup against Brentford... Oh, yeah, we'll have to start in the League Cup, surely. in big, big trouble. But he at least oh. he's on the bench. He's making he's making the bench now, but I think this is a step too far. I think it's one of those where if there is a game this season in the league or the Champions League where we are somehow three 0 up, he might give Emil Smith Rowe a go. Um, but I think Emil Smith Rowe is very much in you have to earn your spot back territory um, because unfortunately he hasn't really done anything in the last 12 months to really justify his place in the starting 11 or to be anywhere near the starting 11. I don't hear Arteta raving about him. You know, you hear Arteta raving about Eddie and Katia. You hear Arteta talking about Reese Nelson. I don't hear him talking about Emil Smith-Rowe, which is very concerning. Um, But no, I think I don't, I think, I think Havertz might play. Oh, Vieira looked good. No, I think Vieira might play, actually. I think okay. we might 
see Havertz up front, possibly. That's um, interesting. I, that 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 wouldn't totally surprise me either. Because if I look at that eleven, who do I think had a a bad game? It's probably Eddie Nketiah, where mm. I think he just, for various reasons, really struggles. He he's one of those that has to be like playing ten out of ten to really make an impact, right? And there are games where he goes to that level. And he just goes and is like, I am going to be 10 out of 10 today and you will notice me. But when he's 8 out of 10 or when he's 7 out of 10, he really, really struggles in the game. Um, yeah. So if you look at that, if Jesus, as Charles says, Jesus is, gets his vote to play and play 75 to get the steam ahead of the North London derby, that's possible. I think maybe you play Jesus because Jesus looked all right when he came on. Um, but... Let's see. Let's see. I think the good thing is we have options, which is great. And exactly. this is why we want a squad, because we want selection dilemmas. We want to be debating, Definitely. should he play Eddie? Should he play Jesus? Should he play Havertz? Should he play Vieira? Should he play Trossard? And we're lucky enough now where they're all playing well. And actually, now you look at you look at Sunday, the, the kind of game just gone against Everton, that was a game where we lost Martinelli. We lost, you know, we didn't have Jesus up front. We didn't have Partey. Um, arguably, our our number one goalkeeper wasn't playing. Um, that's like four yeah. or five players from our first team squad last season were out. And we looked all right. Um, yeah. So it's it's progress. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. I mean, and, and that's the thing, even if... You know, there's there's there obviously is the debate as to whether Havertz should start or, or whatever. But you know, we we in the summer we signed Havertz for a lot of money. We signed Timber. Those are again two players, one well, obviously through injury, who again, like you say, you know, didn't start. So it, it looks good, like from from a squad perspective, from a kind of you know from a future looking perspective anyway. But like you, I think the point you're alluding to is options. So yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see what options we play. I can't, you know, I can't imagine us experimenting in any way when it comes to Spurs. Like I imagine that in his mind, he's probably got a relatively clear idea of who he wants to start against Spurs. Um, unless, unless he gives someone an opportunity on, on Wednesday and they just kind of you know, absolutely blow his mind. So let, let, let's perhaps move on to, to Spurs. I mean, very, very quickly, your prediction for the PSV game, do you think we'll win? I think we'll win 2-1, yeah. Yeah, what do you think? I, I don't know. I've got a bad feeling. Not that we'll lose, but I'm going to go for one-one. Oh, is that a good um, result? I don't think it's a good result. I don't think it's a like. I don't think it's a result that will like. I think we'll qualify at the group. If, you know, when when the story ends. But I um. I think that it will. I, I'm a little bit worried by just the fact that PSV have started pretty well this season and are probably going to come into this being really, really up for it. And we are just, you know, sandwiched in a, just a, a, a tough week. But let, let, let's see. Um, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. But like looking at that Spurs game, how are you looking towards that, mate? Because Ange Ball, it's being called. And that, by the way, like, I feel like it's. 
like like just because they're not losing it doesn't mean you need to give the manager a type of like the style of football a name already do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah he like, it's, like i don't really get that bit he is annoyingly not a prick yeah go further he's an incredibly likable human being he seems yeah. like just and just a really good person. What I think what's going to be really annoying is the media already really, really like him. Like yeah. you can see, like he has got all those journalists absolutely like in love with him. Um, yeah, you saw that stuff about Robbie Williams and Kylie Minogue and whatever. And um, and no, fair play. They've got he, he seems like a decent guy. Um, and it makes it annoying, but I think eventually. I will really hate him. I think he's going to be so nice that I'm just going to hate him for being nice, you know? Um, yeah. Whereas like Mourinho, Conte, they were just pricks. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yeah, this is quite clear. You're a prick. And I, everyone can tell. So I'm going to hate you. Whereas this guy, it will be really interesting to see how he reacts when the pressure gets to him. Will he just, you know, will he just be even nicer? You know, like, will he go full Ted Lasso? <laughs> um, I think, I think, yeah, his look, he plays very attacking football. And, and like, I think what people have said about him is his commitment to that attacking football, right? And there was a typical, like, silly Spurs fan that was like, oh, and with Celtic played this like back three, like a super attacking formation away at the Bernabeu. Like he's not going to be scared of Arsenal. But what he didn't point out was when Celtic went away to the Bernabeu and played that attacking formation, they lost 5-1. Um, so yeah. um, look, I think if he does want to do that and he wants to try and come to us and leave space, I think Basuma is good, but he's not that good. <laughs> and he is going to really, really struggle if we can get at that midfield and get at that defence because I don't think defensively they're that strong. Um, and I think it could be a, a crazy game. I think it would be a really fun game. But there is... If we're confident, if we pl- if we have a, you know, a close to our best team, I really hope Martinelli is back, for example. I think this could be a really big game for Martinelli. I think it could be... It could be a lot of goals in it. And I think we could have some fun. Um, yeah. But let's see. I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of Spurs this season. I've seen just how attacking they are. I've seen them in highlights. I think they've looked... I don't think they've looked as good as people say they do. Like, they probably no, should have agree, lost against yeah. Man United. They struggled against Sheffield United. They lost in the League Cup. They obviously did well against Burnley, where everything seemed to click. But I think Burnley are, are awful this season. Um so let's let's see. I think it's going to be a big test. We'll learn a lot about Spurs, but I still comfortably think that you know we are we are a much better team than them this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, look at the end of the day, if they had come off losing to Sheffield United, which you know they were very very close to doing, then all of a sudden the narrative is very different. Yeah. And, you know, even, even if they drew, like the narrative is somewhat different, but, you know, to win in the way that they did, 
you know, it's three points and that's all that really matters. And and I'm not knocking, certainly from an Arsenal fan, given what we went through last season, I'm definitely not knocking like last minute type winners and the effect that that can have and, you know, how valuable it all is. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I agree with what you're saying. Like they are, they are not the finished article by, by, by any stretch of the means. And, you know, there were, there were the, I can't remember which website it was, but it, you know, broke down all the teams opening fixtures you know, so far and, and ranked how difficult they were. Now, Chelsea came out with the easiest fixture list thus far, um, which is interesting. And I think Tottenham came out second. We we came out really? fourth or fifth. So, yeah, yeah. like Second so, with the second easiest? Top, no, Tottenham have had the second easiest set of fixtures out of any, any out of all the clubs in the Premier League so far. Ah, okay. That's surprising. So, so Chelsea played, had the easiest? They've had some... They've had what? They've had Man United. Well, they've had Burnley, I guess. They were Sheffield United. Man well, they United, had Man United right. and they had Chelsea, right? Is that right? Did they have Chelsea? Maybe not. Okay. I don't, I don't think they did. <laughs> but anyway. Um, anyways, I feel like it's going to be a really interesting game, partly because I think that Arteta will feel a decent amount of pressure on this game, actually, because Ange has got nothing to lose here, right? Yeah. He's going to play this style of play. And if he gets beat, it, it, it's fine. Every, I mean, look, Spurs fans don't like losing to Arsenal, but he's built up credit in these first few games anyway. So they'll kind of say, fine, whatever, like, you know, it is what it is, etc. Like, obviously they won't want to get absolutely pasted. That's different, but still that. But Arteta will know that there is no way, like... The, the the idea of us getting beaten by Tottenham under a kind of new manager who's playing like kind of really good football and he's only been there five minutes is a lot, I think. And I think therefore um, Arteta will do everything humanly possible to get us completely ready. Like I think the attention to detail that he's going to have coming into this game, and I know that there's not that many days to prepare given given PSV, but I think that he will be making the players feel very, very um, acutely, you know, that this is a huge game and they need to win this. Mm-hmm. I think he'll want them to win it, win it pretty well. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I really do. I'm a bit, um, yeah, it's quite interesting with these, these comments. So, so Charles saying, Ange Ball is a fad, new manager bounce, nothing much. Yes, he's experienced and, per- and Spurs post Harry Kane is a free bird, but they're just playing as they have been with Kane as well. There is no radical. I don't know if there was more that was that you meant to say after that, Charles. But um, no, I get you. I, like, again, I don't want to really knock it too much. I don't want to sit here and seem like really bitter about the fact that um, you know that you know, okay, Tottenham clearly aren't very good and all that kind of stuff. Like they, they may be. I, here's the thing, right? They're playing two competitions this season now. Yeah, it's nothing, and I genuinely think that they've got a good chance now of finishing in the top five because you can just do that on vibes. If you've got, if you're only doing two competitions and the fact that they are playing good football means that like they will probably win games by just playing lots of attacking football and the games that they lose, they, they, they may just not lose as much as 15 other teams. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, 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 and, and, and then, and then get there. Like it's very possible. And that's all, if he does that, if he gets into the top five, right? Like, you know, that's amazing for them. Like, you know, that, that's huge to, to lose Harry Kane in the summer and then qualify for the Champions League the next season. It's huge. It doesn't matter that, you know, you're only playing in two competitions. The history books don't care about that. So 
like there's a lot of good vibes and I think it's really up to us to step up to the plate this weekend and just say no 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 we are actually really good yeah. and we've had a coach for a number of years now and we have got far better players than you far better players we have than them like Charles has made this comparative thing again you know here he sort of talked about how Odegaard's almost being compared to Madison on social media that's so that's that that's ridiculous like Odegaard is genuinely one of the best players in the world right now he genuinely is one of the best and that is that is not my opinion I mean he's, he was in pretty much he was in PFA team of the year anyway as well wasn't he but mm-hmm. he is a top player I mean Gary Neville was waxing, waxing lyrical again on this podcast um, I'm not saying I agree with everything Gary Neville was saying, but he was making an important point where he was basically saying there are some players who kind of transcend in this like small bracket. And he put sort of KDB and he put silver in this bracket of players that you watch and you just think they are so unbelievably silky at another level. And Odegaard is, is like there he's playing in that sphere. It just, you know, he's magnificent. And so, you know, look everywhere else on the pitch, for me, it's a no contest. So we've really got to be just stepping up to the plate and putting them away. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it, if it is the game where it all finally clicks? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, look, this could be, depending on how they set up a game where they just say, look, we'll try and try and play football against you and see how it goes. And... um it could be the game where we just, yeah, it all clicks for us. We get it there. It could be one of those where they just, I don't know. I can't see them winning unless they just come, like we just make so many defensive errors where they completely catch us by surprise and they're absolutely clinical with their finishing and we're just not really going. Um, but I'm still really confident that we'll win. Um, but you're right. I think what you said earlier, this is a complete free hit for Spurs. Um post Kane, no one's expecting anything. Um they could finish seventh. And I think Spurs fans will be like, oh, okay, it's cool, we'll rebuild, we're on for next season. Um they could literally lose six nil to that to us on Sunday. I don't think that many Spurs Spurs fans will be a little bit annoyed, but they can look at the big picture, look at the direction, look at the vibes. Um and I think they can probably live he can live off that as a manager that credit in the bank like you say for at least a few months um and because he comes with no history and i think spurs fans have just like been burned so much with all these short-term managers they desperately need someone to guide them through this rebuild so they will be patient um whereas for us you know yes it's a north london derby but we've got our eyes on a much bigger prize right and yeah, the, we're feeling the pressure already of being in a title race against City, who have just won everything. Where actually, every point dropped just feels so so significant. So, mm. I think the pressure is all on us, unfortunately. Um, and I hope that pressure doesn't get to us. I think a good win on Wednesday will really help that. Um, if we can get to Wednesday, get the three points on Wednesday. Then we can go into Sunday. Hopefully Martinelli is back. Um and we can really, really have a go at Spurs and see see what they're about. Agreed. Give me your prediction, mate. For Sunday, I think three nil Arsenal. What do you think? 
I'm gonna go. I can't believe you don't think we're gonna concede at home. I mean, like, since when does that happen? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go for four two. Okay, the old yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. go for the off four two, and maybe my friend, we call it a day there because you know we've covered a lot. But you know, I think we wanted to try and be given we started a bit later. We wanted to be pretty soon. We got to the hour mark. That's pretty good because we normally go over. But yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, listen, thank you everyone for all your comments. Charles, in particular, thank you so much. Russ, as always, um, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Dave, um, sorry, Gary, really appreciate it. Good to see you, Gary. And uh, yeah, cool. All right. Um, Well, listen, everyone, thank you so, so much. And enjoy another week as an Arsenal fan, a really, really busy week. And let's really hope we can come away with more wins for the next time that we, we record. Cool. Aaron, thank you very, very much. Indeed. Thank you all for joining us. Cheers. Bye-bye.